You're listening to Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. Now, from the heart of Amish country, here's Troy and Howie. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. Please like us on Facebook, where you can click the anchor link to leave us a voicemail. You can follow us on Twitter at StayTunedTNH. You can even email the show at StayTunedTNH at gmail.com. You can find our merchandise at tchip.com and by searching Stay Tuned. A big thank you to Jesus Perez for helping to set that up for us. And if you need any artistic help, you can look him up on Facebook at Ace in the Hole Signs and Graphics or Dirty Baby Original. And his website is aceintheholesigns.com. We are available on all major podcast platforms, including Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So please make sure to share, subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate your support. Now, let's get into the show. All right, and uh, well, welcome to another week of Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. And uh, Troy, it's, uh, I guess it's a special day. Uh, It's Valentine's Day here as we're recording. So, yes, it is, and uh, I don't, know, don't just, forget to do some. Don't forget to do something special for that one you love. Because, <laughs> that's uh, right. That's right. So I mean, um, I, I know some people aren't into all the the commercial aspects of Valentine's Day, so you know, because mm-hmm. everything always gets jacked up in prices, and um, <laughs> but just do something to show, show some sort of appreciation. You know what I mean? Exactly. And who knows? Probably I know. I know. Like with me, we decided to go out to dinner uh, last night. Because mm-hmm. just going out on Valentine's Day to a restaurant, yeah, and especially when there's nothing else going on with COVID, mm-hmm. uh, I am not even going to try that route right now. <laughs> so, um, so you guys didn't go to dinner last night? We then, did. We did. Oh, we how went, was it? It was good. It was in uh, no lines at all. Actually, we went okay, early. We, it was an early dinner, and mm-hmm. then um, yeah, and then we just kind of came home and and chilled out for the night. So. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was kind of one of those where there's really nothing going on right now mm-hmm. <laughs> in regards to being open. So, I know. uh, so you just kind of do what you can, you know? Yeah, it's definitely trying times. Um, I don't know, maybe get, you know, it might be a little bit late for this idea, but maybe get something out of your creative side of your mind a little bit, make something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. True. So very true, but, um, and you know what? Yeah. And it maybe, and this day is kind of one of those days that kind of remind you that hey, you know what? You do have a significant other. You know, um, think about what you can do to kind of better the relationship. You know, something yeah, along those true. lines. So, yeah. yeah, whatever it may be, you know. But yeah, it's uh, so yeah. Happy Valentine's Day, Troy, and uh, yeah, happy Valentine's Day to all the listeners out there as well. Um, you know. Like I said, just do something special. Just uh, just don't forget about, you know, why you're with the person that you are with at this time. And um, That's right. Just just an important day, you know, That's as, as every day should be. But it's it's just, just this is labeled on the calendar as an important day. So don't <laughs> forget to make your special one feel important. That's right. Go out of your way for a change. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! Yeah, hey. Um, so yeah, we have uh, we have an interesting interview this week. I think. Yeah, you know, uh, we do. We definitely have uh, somebody who we knew 
since very early on. And was it mm-hmm. you only knew this person since middle school? Is that correct? Yeah, seventh grade was the okay. first time I was introduced to him. Yep. Yeah, um, I, I've known him since elementary school, and uh, yeah, he used. To, I just always remembered him coming in and wheeling in the big giant piano, and yep, uh, and then you know playing off of that. And sometimes he would bring in some recordings that he would do, like. Uh, I'll never forget. This is uh, we're talking about Max Hunsicker, by the way, mm-hmm. who is our interview for the day. And uh, I remember he would always bring in these um, recordings that he did of like Alvin and the Chipmunks. He would kind of show us how <laughs> how he would speed up the voice and make it, you know, make it work. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. He was he yeah. was an interesting guy and uh, uh, definitely definitely someone I remembered uh, during my yeah. tenure in uh, definitely someone very school. talented too. And I think that kind of gets overlooked because you know um, him being a teacher and whatnot. But um, as you'll as you'll hear about in our um, in our interview, like he really loved the the musical aspects, the uh, the the the, um, the stage productions and stuff that he could do, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of the stuff that he did was kind of you know really based around him, especially when he was working at Northern Lebanon, um, because he was basically the the head the head man in charge there, running everything there. Yeah, and um, just he super talented, super talented guy, and. Um, you can check his uh, YouTube page out. He, he does it just for his uh, nieces and nephews and stuff, but it's called The Real Uncle Max Sings. And uh-huh. I was checking it out the other day, and it's he, he does sometimes he, he does these songs and he does his own little twists on them. <laughs> like he did a, um, a different version of Let It Be, I heard, by the oh, Beatles. Oh, wow, very cool. And it was, it was really cool. So, um, yeah, check out his YouTube page, and you can also check him out on Etsy, uh, Max Hunsicker Design. And uh, he has a bunch of lamps and other kinds of things on there for sale, too, to check out. Yeah, and very creative. Like, he would just take um, old car parts and uh, just very uh, steampunkish, as, uh, as he uh, says. Mm-hmm. And uh, very creative. Very creative. Yeah, and he's also very, you know, handy with, with, um, with wood designs, too. So mm-hmm. um, I, don't, I don't remember seeing too many wood designs on his Etsy, but... Um, yeah. I would almost imagine if you he, you can message people through Etsy if you have like special requests and stuff like that. And I'm okay. wondering if you could message him on there if you had something in mind that you wanted made out of wood. I'm sure he could probably do it. He's very talented. A lot of the uh, decor that was in his room and the classrooms and stuff like that was stuff that he made. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. So, All right. so we'll we'll talk more with Max later. Um, but boy, we were trying to have we were really having a hard time finding something to talk about as far as a, a mystery clip this week. Yeah, we did, and we finally found one, and I'm glad we did because it's a good one. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, one we kind of put a little bit of effort into it, so uh, I hope you guys appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, why don't we play that clip a while, and then uh, we'll come back and uh, and talk it up a little bit. So sure. All right. So here's the the clip. for Wayne's World Totally Amazing Excellent Discoveries. Our guest is Ron Paxton. Welcome to Wayne's World, Ron. Thanks, Wayne. Now, you're the inventor of the suck cut, right? 
What exactly is a suck cut? The suck cut is a revolution in home haircutting. <laughs> wow, what a totally amazing, excellent discovery. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Ron, the question that's on everybody's mind is, how does it work? I'm fully prepared to give a complete demonstration. Okay, okay, Garth, just sit there and he's going to put that thing on. All right, and we're back. And that clip was from 29 years ago today. Yeah. Uh, the debut of Wayne's World and uh, 1992. Uh Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was only 11 when that came out. So. Yeah. Wow. Way to, way to make me feel real old there, Troy. Because <laughs> I, was, I was on my second half of uh, being a senior uh, in high school. Okay. In, in February. How did, how did that movie hit with the uh, the, the high school senior crowd oh, at the, it was, that age? It was awesome because yeah, um, I'll never forget it because uh, I had a I had a Camaro during high school. In fact, it was a mm -hmm. it was a '69 Camaro of all things. Nice. And um, and I remember going to the flea market with a, a friend of mine. Um, you know, in the during the summers and whatnot, and uh, I remember picking up these big giant speakers. And uh, and they weren't even speakers that you would put in your car. They were kind of speakers that you put in your house. But we mm -hmm. wired them to my car. <laughs> and 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 back in the day, you would drive the strip, you know, in, yep. in Lebanon, yep. and we called it the. I think we called it the strip. Come to think of it, I think so. Uh, yeah. And uh, and so we would just kind of cruise around and just kind of you know try to pick up girls or whatever back in the day. And uh, and we would always play the music as loud as we can. And I'll never forget um, playing the uh, Bohemian Bohemian Rhapsody song <laughs> out of there because it just sounded so cool. And, and me and my friends would always do that stupid little um, dance that they would do in the car. And yep, it, it was yep. kind of funny. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that uh, I, when we found that when well I, when you found that clip and we started playing it, looking at it, and see what we were going to use as just. Um, yeah, just it, it was a great movie. Um, yeah, it, it makes me want to sit down and watch it now. Almost. Um, one of my favorite parts was uh, the one we, were, you and I, were talking about when um, they're playing hockey in the street. Yeah. And cars keep coming. And they have to keep, <laughs> yeah. keep moving. Yeah, and I didn't even. And, and like I was telling you, I didn't even realize that Garth, while he's wearing the hockey mask, he has his glasses outside of the hockey mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that was that was such a hilarious movie. And you mentioned something about the song Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. It, um, it I don't know the exact... I don't know the exact um, numbers and exactly yeah. where it hit on the charts, but I do know, like, when it first came out, okay, it hit... I don't know if it hit number one or whatever, but like I said, it hit the top of the charts. Yeah. And then when Wayne's World came out, it hit the top of the charts. And then again in just it was it 2018 when, when uh, the movie Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody came out, it hit the charts again. Like that's that's incredible. <laughs> it just tells you. I mean, that song alone just doesn't it, it has no timeline. It just goes yeah. on forever, really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, because every incredible. time I hear that song, I don't think of Queen, I don't think of Bohemian Rhapsody. I think of Wayne's World. <laughs> I yeah, really do. Yeah. It's it's such a great. I don't know. It's, it's. I always think of the music video for some reason when I first hear it. When oh they, yeah. Uh, at the end there, when they have the faces and the silhouettes, and yeah, yeah. Um, that was back in the day but, when Saturday Night Live was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I I, I honestly haven't watched Saturday Night Live in forever. No, uh, I haven't either. Yeah, probably. it doesn't seem. For some reason, 
and even even you know going back to the 80s and then even into the um, 90s early night early part of the 90s it uh-huh. just seemed like the the folks were more creative you know like, yeah well yeah they put a little more effort into it they they cared about their art uh i mean my favorite era of saturday night live was probably the um, adam sandler era uh, yeah, you know, with um, David Spade and yeah, Mike that was a good Meyer. crew. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then Chris Farley. Chris Farley was amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of it was a it was a kind of a good time to watch Saturday Night Live and and uh, and then obviously I probably the reason why I started watching Saturday Night Live was because of Eddie Murphy. I was a okay. huge Eddie Murphy fan uh, growing up as a kid, and then you know when his little Gumby and, and Mr. Rod, uh, Mr. Was it Rogers neighbor? Not Rogers. Um, I don't remember. Oh, whatever it was. Um, when he did like a spinoff of, uh, Mr. Rogers, mm-hmm. uh, neighborhood, it, it was just so funny. I mean, just, yeah, it, just so creative. So, but yeah, th- those were the good old days, but, uh, yep. but yeah, so, so that was yeah, a clip Wayne's from World. 1992. Yep. 1992. Yep. That's, um, do you know how, how long ago this was? That was when the Bills were in the middle of their Super Bowl runs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely a long time ago. <laughs> yes, it was. Oh, um, my gosh. So, yeah, so 1992, that probably would have been right around the same time I met Mr. Unsecker, too. So, <laughs> Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? So, let's see. I would have been um, 12, no. Actually, I think I would have started middle – I think I would have started seventh grade, which was our junior high. I think I would have started that in September of '93. So oh, okay. no, I think I think I would have just uh, been off. I think I would have, yeah, just missed about a him. year away yet. Just yep. missed him by a year. Yep. Yep. So I have already had my fill, Mister Hunsicker. By then, <laughs> 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 yeah, because I never I never pursued music. You know, uh, when I went to middle school and high school, I I started getting really into um, baseball and such. So he probably pretty much followed you, right? Um, I would think so. It, it seems because it was like probably it. around right around the time that you went to middle school and stuff that he probably moved back over to the middle school. Yeah, because it was um, trying to think. I guess it, I guess I was either in fifth or sixth grade in nineteen eighty six ish, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and I believe that I believe he said that it was shortly after that he moved into the middle back school, over to the middle school, yeah. high school, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. So speaking of the guy, uh, we do have an interview with him and. Uh, you know, I really highly recommend listening to this guy and uh, really interesting. Look him up, uh, as Troy said, on, on Etsy and, and uh, YouTube. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's a really um, entertaining guy, interesting guy. Uh, had a lot of uh, interesting stories to share. And, uh, you know, he, he was a little bit of uh, some media fame around this area um, because of the... Uh, um, Challenger Space Shuttle, and you'll hear more about that um, when we get going with the interview. So, with that yep. being said, here's uh, Max Hunsicker. Enjoy. In fact, uh, you know what? We'll go to Max Hunsicker right after this quick message. All right, and uh, welcome to another week of Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. And uh, we do have a, uh, a guest this time around, and it's a guest that we have both known uh, since we were kids. So uh, I don't I don't know if that makes you uh, feel good about that, uh, Max, or not. But uh, we're talking to a former music teacher and uh, 
Also, a former uh, candidate to uh, go up in space uh, on uh, Challenger flight. So this is uh, Max Hunsicker. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Yes. Certainly. Most definitely. And um, so, how long have you? How long were you a, a teacher for? Well, I, I, I taught at Northern Lebanon for uh, thirty-five years, and uh, actually two years before I retired from Northern Lebanon. Uh, a former student of mine, Corey Wanamaker, uh, who was the chair of the art department at Mannheim Central, called me up and said, hey, Max, you ought to come down here and apply for the drama director job. And I said, well, yeah, maybe maybe after I retire or something. And he said, no, you ought to come down right now because they need one right now. <laughs> they, they were looking for somebody who had experience and they had a, a parent organization that was giving the school board a lot of grief and they uh, wanted somebody that could that could deal with all those things uh so i went down and uh they had a actually i was i was surprised it was a very large uh applicant pool and they interviewed a whole bunch of people but they eventually uh, did offer me the job uh and uh then i worked at Mannheim central for for 15 years uh and uh two the last two years of my career at northern lebanon i was directing shows at both Northern Lebanon and at Mannheim Central oh, wow. simultaneously, which was that a, made the wife happy, I'm sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would work all day at Northern Lebanon, and I'd uh, have play practice from uh, you know three o'clock to about six o'clock. Then I'd jump in the car and run down to Mannheim Central, and I have rehearsal from about seven to nine or ten o'clock at night. Oh my goodness! I did that for for three months, you know, which, which is kind of an interesting time. Uh, and I did that for a couple of years, and uh, actually, I, I I enjoyed it. It, it was it was nice for because I couldn't I could compare the kids from both schools simultaneously how they were doing, you know mm-hmm. what, what was on and everything, and and it was really a it, it was intense, but it was uh, it was a very nice uh, nice nice period of my life. Then after I retired from Northern Lebanon, I just stayed in Manheim. Yeah, you, d- you definitely put your time in then. Yeah, so I've directed <laughs> shows actually uh, for over 50 years. And wow. I had a lot of shows under my belt. So we were I'll, I'll tell you, that's something, as a kid so much, I didn't appreciate, you know, the musical aspect, the plays, the, mm-hmm. the, the programs, stuff like that. But as I got older and looked back on it, it's something I really do kind of regret that I wasn't involved in because it looked like it was a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, and it was. And, and it's... For me, every year it was it was three months of my life. I mean, that was that was all I really concentrated on. I mean, I taught school and I did everything else, but the main focus of my life for three months was uh, directing the the musicals, and uh, the kids that I talk to now, uh, kids just re- just remember the the, the shows. Uh, mm-hmm. Hall, I don't know if you if, if I yep, sh- yep. He's up in New York or something, isn't he? Doing yeah, the- he's in New yeah. York. He works for, I think right now he's working for uh, Lifetime or, or one of those. Yeah, yeah, I think a Viacom channel or something, I think, yeah. directs their social media. And he, uh, he and I, well, he, he's in New York. Joanne Davis, who was in the same class, she's in Seattle. I, I, I talk wow. to them very regularly, the two of them. And the, the thing they remember from their high school career was doing the shows. And, and I have so many kids over the years who have, have been like that it's it's really and and i'll tell you as an outsider and i'm not just blowing smoke because you're on the get on the podcast here with us but (laughs) as an outsider watching those shows they were always fantastically Mm -hmm. done i mean really you did a great job that was that that truly was your calling card i think well yeah you could tell that i that i enjoyed it and that Mm -hmm. 
that I, I put stuff into it. And, and I think the kids all responded to that too. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was very nice. It, it really was. And I'd have at Northern Lebanon, I'd have, you know, between 80 and a hundred kids in the cast. And wow. So, and, 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 yeah, and let's not forget, I mean, you're talking to Mannheim Central and Northern Lebanon, and for the people that don't know our areas here, Northern Lebanon is not a very big district population-wise. I mean, it's getting more now. Um, but you not only did you probably not really have the pick of the crop, you know, with uh, <laughs> with student talent there, but you also probably were pretty strict, restricted financially there, I'm guessing. Well, yeah, uh, it, that's that's correct. It was... It was uh, I, we, we raised all our own money. The, I mean, the show, uh, the choir raised our money from performing the show. We'd sell tickets, and that was basically our, our budget for the next year. We could use that money. Hmm. Gotcha. At Mannheim, it was, it was somewhat different. There they, they, there they did have uh, in place, they had a, a salary structure for the director and assistant director and things like that. And I used one of our Northern Lebanon boys, uh, Jonathan Shuey. Uh, was oh, my- yeah, okay. He was my assistant director down at Mannheim Central. Plus, mm. they they hired a, a costumer for me, and you know there, there were a lot of paid. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, it, it was it was Jeez. very nice. Uh, it, it was different from Northern Lebanon, but at, at Northern Lebanon, because it was just it was just the kids in the choir raising the money, doing the show, building the scenery. Uh, it, it, it to me it, was it felt limited. like a little bit more right, like. Yeah, it, I know what you're saying. And not only that, but you probably had more of a fingerprint on that, too, I'm guessing. Well, at both places, I, 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 I sort of feel like I did, but it's uh, they were different. The, mm-hmm. the two experiences were different. And, and I, I can't really say that I, I preferred one over the other because I had some great times with some great kids at, at both of those schools. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a big part of what I had to do in my career, that's for sure. Now, did you ever get involved in anything outside of schools as far as plays and stuff oh, yeah. like that? Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, my wife and I met doing a, a summer theater production at, at Lebanon Valley, ah. uh, and we a number of those over the years. We worked with uh, Lebanon Community Theater, Harrisburg Theater, uh, and uh, yeah, I, 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 direct, or I didn't direct the show. I was musical director at Harrisburg Theater, uh, and we were both in some shows up there. We did. We did. We did some really nice shows all over the place. You know? that well, that's awesome. great. So then, I'm guessing you know, going back to that comment I made earlier about making your wife happy with all that time you were spending between the two musicals you were running, she probably understood in a sense too because she's oh, yeah. from that field. Yeah. Well, and she she helped me. She was she was actually an actress before before we met. She she had done some uh, uh, touring companies of Broadway shows. She oh. did uh, Hair and Jesus Christ Superstar way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was she was really a, a very good dancer, uh, and she would help me with a lot of choreography, and we would uh, do that. Yeah. Together. That's it, awesome. It was a, a, a nice way to work. It really was. Yeah. So I guess we could say that uh, the directing and the, the musical programs and stuff like that were definitely something you look forward to much more than than the actual school day. <laughs> well, I, you know, I enjoyed I enjoyed teaching school. I, I can't say that that I didn't. There there were some times where. Uh, the stuff gets in the way of, of, of teaching school, the, the, you know, the, the requirement that, yep. Yep. The, the stuff that just annoys. I know me. what you're saying. <laughs> but, but I really, I really did enjoy uh, just coming in in the morning and just going into a class and mm-hmm. open my mouth and singing and, you know, and having the kids sing along and, uh, and putting smiles on people's face throughout the day. It was, 
it was it was a nice career. And when, I really recommend public school teaching to anybody. Mm -hmm. I, I can't think of anything that, that's more rewarding, honestly, in the long run, because you know, all the fifty years later, I, I have kids. Uh, well, I had Tony Sheffy, who was in a show of mine, probably in. 1970s oh, wow. uh last summer he contacted me and 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 he was coming into the area for uh you know for a little bit of vacation we went to get together you know and, and you you meet up with kids like that 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 you haven't seen in years and years and they you know they they just tell you that it was important or that they enjoyed it or that yeah. whatever it's mm -hmm. it's, it's really a, a great way to live. so i mean two two things with that i mean number one i mean after a few years of doing it, I'm sure you get used to it, but like, there's gotta be an attachment you grow with some of them kids and then to lose them like that. You know what I mean? Like that's, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's gotta be tough. It really is you, because you do, you do get very attached to them. And, and especially in the position I was in where at Northern Lebanon, I taught kids from uh, kindergarten through high school, essentially. And there, there were some kids that literally I knew, I knew them when they were kindergartners. Yeah. And yeah. I knew them when they graduated from high school. Uh, and and some of them, oh, like Jonathan Chewy, mm -hmm. uh, that was the case with him. And then I, I stayed in touch with him as as he went through college, uh, and I stayed in touch with him after that. And uh, you know, I just consider him to be really good friends, mm -hmm. people that, that you want to spend a lot of time with. Now, is that is that? Did you? I mean, uh, I keep stepping on you, Howie. That's Sorry, okay. I, these questions keep coming to me, so I hope you remember your <laughs> Go right ahead. But um, does does that um? Do you find that odd, that transition? And I know that you and I have had that, um, yeah. where after graduation, like all of a sudden these people become your friends and you're no longer like their yeah. superior. Is that, is that yeah. a bit strange? No, it doesn't no. seem, it seems, actually it seems very normal to me. And I, I, I don't mind that at all. I, <laughs> I, I've often said that, that uh, now as I go through my life, everybody that comes fix my cable, fix my yeah. phone, fix my electricity. You know, everybody's yeah. a former student. You know? <laughs> and these kids will come to the house and the doctor's room and say, oh, I'm from so-and-so. And they'll say, you probably don't remember me, but you really hated me. I go, <laughs> That's too funny. Do, do you know, okay, well, you you brought it up, so I'm going to go with it, okay? Okay. <laughs> you, like, in seventh grade, I, that's when I had you first. And um, I remember, like, you you did seem hard to get along with at first. You did. <laughs> and, and I think you did that to make sure that you didn't have a, um, a line that was easily crossed per se. Well, I, you know? I, I wanted kids to understand that I was serious about what I did, that, yeah. I, that I was serious about the subject that, that I was serious that, that, you know, I mean, we were just, you know, we were music class and, you know, in a, in a typical seventh graders day, that's not a big part of it. But I wanted them to, to believe that, that I felt it was serious. And uh, I, I, I was always sort of disciplinarian and everything. And I, you know, I worked on that. And, uh, it was just the way I was. But I, I also hope that, that kids found out that I was just genuinely there for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like better. Well, let me finish up my last question about this, and then you can take over, Howie. I'll just leave then. <laughs> no. Um, that, 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 you, you just led into what I was going to say there. You know, I, seventh grade, I had you, whatever. Um, do you think kids are still too young at that age to make the decision on whether they want to take a music class, or do you still think it should be something required at that point? I, th I think it should be required. And I, I've always felt that, that, that kids will – kids will find where they're comfortable that that they will as they go through school they 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 will find the place that really fits them but i i think in order for that to happen you have to present it to them 
and you be exposed to, to a lot more things. Yeah, they have to be right. exposed uh, at the elementary school level, but also when they're when they're starting to grow up, you, you need to keep in touch with them, and you need to show them what this is and let them let them think about it. Uh, and I myself, when I was going through high school uh, in the summers, I would always work in restaurants and everything. And I I was thinking that when I graduate from high school, I should be in the restaurant industry or I should you know go into hotel management or something like that. And oh my God, that would have been horrible for me. I, that's just not at all what I what, what I what I do now. It wasn't until I got to be later in high school that I realized, hey, this is where your your skill set really lies. And uh, so that's that's what I ended up with. So, all so, right, Howie, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you when you look at all the uh, the years that you've worked as an as an educator and so forth, uh, how do you think you would have fit in to today's era? <laughs> not well. <at> all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I would have not fit in very well now because because the the helicopter parents and the oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, there there there's so so much different today uh when you know when i was when i started teaching actually paddling was still yep commonplace i mean there there the the high school principal had a paddle in the window of the of the high school office and everything and uh it i don't want to say it was better it was different Mm -hmm. i mean we were certainly we were certainly more aggressive sometimes too but but i feel that that students respond to that, and and I hope that it, it helps move them in a positive direction. You know, maybe the positive direction is that they decide that this particular thing is not for them. That right. they decide that this kind of uh, atmosphere, this kind of career, or whatever, is not for them. But it it, it helps them to find where they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. I hope. Uh, yeah, and today I I, I think it's uh, it's entirely different. Yeah, because I've I've actually uh, I used to be a director of alternative uh, education uh, schools, uh, both in Lebanon High School uh, here in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, and uh, also in Allentown, Pennsylvania, in the Center City School Districts there. And uh, and the kids of today, I find that, you know, like, for example, if I said something that was uh, in a disciplinary way, they would just tell me what they thought was going on in their head and and they wouldn't think twice about telling me off and if i even thought about giving them consequences then i had the parents doing the same exact same thing and uh i just couldn't imagine those same types of children surviving in the era that that we grew up in uh when i I went to school uh as as a child if we would get yelled at by a teacher it was going to be far worse when we got home because <laughs> right. contact my parents tell me that the teacher had words with me and then my parents would lay into me and, and, and there was a complete mm-hmm. agreement with, with the parent and the teacher, regardless if yep. the teacher was maybe wrong, it didn't matter. They were going to be on the same side as that. Oh, that, yeah. that, that doesn't happen today. That, that's, yeah, that's definitely missing. Definitely missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of the issues that we're seeing in today's world with, the way things are going where people are a little more abrasive towards uh, each other. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, the type of discipline that you don't have anymore. Yeah. And, and the, the uh, abrasiveness towards authority, mm-hmm. you know, that there, there's a distrust of, of authority and. Yeah. Whether it be a teacher or even as far as up mm-hmm. to a police officer at that point, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 When, I mean, 
my father was a, a district justice when, oh. when I was, and I remember one time I was going out after a basketball game with a friend of mine. His friend threw a firecracker out the window right in front of a police car. <laughs> police car pulled me over, of course, took me to a different district magistrate, and uh, <laughs> my father got involved, and it was it was not really nice for me because <laughs> it was just kind of one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's just amazing uh how how times have changed. And I know back in our day, in fact, I'll even use you as one of the examples like if we ever wanted to make a point, like I remember one day you uh I forget what we were doing. We were probably clowning around in class and uh and you gave us this long speech and this lecture about how you need to be a little more presentable in life and you need to you know not only not only dress appropriately but you need to start respecting more and everything and uh and our class actually took it to heart and I'll have to see if you remember this because the very next time you came into the classroom we made up these paper ties and, and we put them, and every single person in our classroom was wearing a tie for when you showed up to teach, and uh, and it's like and and uh, and I I forget if you laughed, but I think you just kind of look at looked at us and was like a you just took it in stride and and went on with your class. Also, when, when when you're in charge, you just sort of have to sometimes you just sort of have to swallow that stuff. But actually, that that. that now hearing it now that makes me feel good because it makes me feel like a little bit of the point got through yes <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you an entirely different story when i was in college uh there was a professor named frank stacco who i who i dearly love uh, he's he's long since passed away but uh frank stacco talked with his voice like this and every day he'd come into class and he'd, he'd open his roll book and he'd point he'd say the first shall be first Huntsicker. And so it was my turn. And then next time he came in, the last shall be first. Huntsicker. But <laughs> so he was always picking on me to be the first in, in class. But this one weekend, we went into the, the music conservatory and into his classroom. And the, in those days, we had the, the kind of chair that screwed into the floor. Oh, my. And they had an arm that came around the side and it all faced yep. to the front of the room. So we unscrewed all the chairs and faced around to the back. Oh, morning. I wasn't in the first class, but the first class came in and they all just sat down facing the back of the room. <laughs> <laughs> and Frank came in and he just looked at it. He just turned around and walked out. <laughs> that was just oh, oh, that's so good. That's oh, so good. That cool. is too funny. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. Troy. I'm trying to think of a good transition here, and I don't know how to do it. Um, <laughs> let's just jump into it, I guess. Um, how did this whole Challenger thing start for you? Oh, okay. Well, uh, at back in the day, I used to play with uh, with a band in in Harrisburg uh, named Joe Hojack uh, Trio or Quartet or whatever we were at, at any given time, and uh, the leader of the band, Joe Hojack. Uh, worked for the State Department of Education, hmm. and one time we were out playing a gig on a on a weekend, and and he said, "Hey, they're doing this thing now where the the they're going to have a, a program called the Teacher in Space, and you have to do an application and everything like that." Uh, and uh, he just he just sort of mentioned it in passing, but I, I thought about it because I'd always been interested in space travel, and and it. It really did fascinate me, so I started looking into it. I, I wrote for the application, got the application. I looked at it, and it—it it, you had to do a number, a whole bunch of things actually, 
but one of the things that happened was you had to to write up a presentation of how you would if you were the candidate how you would go out into the public education system and and talk to kids about this so i put together this this big sort of presentation with music in the background and, and all <laughs> special effects and everything like that. Sure. And, and uh, I, I wrote it up and I, and I really did take it seriously and everything. I sent it in uh, and it was some time after that, but I, I got uh, a notice in the mail that I was one of the, the Pennsylvania state semifinalists. And uh, I forget if there were six or eight of us in Pennsylvania uh, but uh, then after that, there was an additional process where they were going to come out to the school, interview your students, interview parents, uh, interview the administration. <laughs> Which reminds me of something. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and go on from there. And, and so uh, we went through this. They came out to the school. They interviewed some kids at, at, uh, at Jonestown, I think. And they came in and looked at some classes and talked to the administration. And, and later on, I found out one of, one of the people in charge of this said it, it was very interesting uh, talking to your administrators at, at Northern Eleven. They said they were the, the only school that, that actually came out and said, what is this going to cost us? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, that sounds like our school district. <laughs> well, the sad part is both of my kids, uh, well, my oldest graduated from Northern Lebanon and my youngest is a senior at Northern Lebanon. And uh, by the way, that hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it hasn't. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, it was very nice. And then, then after the, the whole thing went through, then they – they selected a, a guy, I think, from the the Allentown area, who's, who's a really nice guy and a, a great candidate for that. Uh, but they invited us. We all went to Harrisburg to the governor's mansion and and had a nice uh, dinner with with the governor and his wife. And uh, then after that, it, it, it um, the I think maybe the following year, they are a year or so after that, when the, after the Challenger disaster they uh, called me up again and said we're putting together uh, a Krista McAuliffe scholarship and uh, we're putting together a team of people to, to look at the uh, the applications uh, and we'd like you to be a part of that team. So I went and I did that and that was a couple of days in the, in the summer where we read through a bunch of applications and, and selected a, a winner for that. And I think it may have been the year after that that I got another call from uh, the Department of Education, and they said they were they were putting together a group of teachers uh, to advise the Secretary of Education on uh, different educational issues and uh, recommend uh, best practices, kind of thing, to the uh, to the to the Secretary of Education. And he was he was a real nice guy. The Secretary of Education was uh, a. Uh, uh, he was sort of a John Kennedy kind of figure. He, he was okay. sort of a, a free thinker, and and he was he was different from anybody they had had before. And uh, he was, I really liked the guy. I, I thought mm-hmm. he was great. He, of course, was not going to be successful in Harrisburg, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, it was a, it was a really interesting summer. They they had uh, again a team of us, I don't know, eight or ten or something, uh, and we would look at the practices of what school districts around the state were doing that uh, 
that were successful uh, districts that had really high scores and everything we we call the the superintendents up or the principals up and talk to them and try and find out what things we could recommend and honestly most of the times i'd call these people and they'd say you know we just had a really good class you know, we had a, <laughs> a really good group of students uh, but but we we tried to put together a a, a listing of, of the best practices and get that out to the school district it was really a very interesting time yeah yeah i bet now did i mean i don't know how to say it other than saying it like um do you, do you kind of feel like hey i dodged a pretty big bullet there oh yeah with the with the challenger itself yeah and honestly it when it actually happened it didn't hit me all that hard because it had been you know i don't know if it was a year right that that all of this had gone through and i had come to grips with the fact that i was not selected and, mm-hmm. and so i i always had the had had the feeling that if i could get through pennsylvania that i could you know really move up high in the in the total pool but th- there were really good candidates in in, in pennsylvania and pennsylvania had a very uh it, it was a, a I, I think if i'm not mistaken i think he was the backup uh, the guy from pennsylvania i'm pretty i'm pretty sure i read that i'm pretty in, sure in, yeah uh, he, he was he was really an impressive you know a real science background and and you know I, he was mm-hmm. teaching in, again one of the big schools in Allentown with I probably with, had to help a little bit right yeah, having a science oh, background versus like a absolutely. music background right yeah. yeah but I thought I had a nice presentation <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah I was trying to I was trying to remember the the girl um, that ended up uh, going and dying in that which I can't remember where she was from. Um, wasn't it like somewhere out west, right? No, I think she was in New England somewhere. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah I believe okay, I don't so. Know. Okay. Yeah, so that's I, – I didn't even know about that. I didn't even know you were part of that whole process until Howie said it because I guess when you were going through that process is when he had you in elementary school and he said he remembers it pretty clearly. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was an interesting time. You know? it was, it, it yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was a big deal, at least for our class, because um, when – when they aired and back in the day you know airing a space shuttle launch launch was a huge deal and deal, uh, yeah. yeah so everybody always looked forward to seeing it when that happened and uh and our class was selected to be present for when the the media would air it and record it mm-hmm. and uh and so it was in our classroom that they actually aired the uh, space shuttle launch uh, watching party, I guess you can call it. And uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I even back in that day, it's like you know, obviously kids can be immature and such, but uh, but I'll tell you what, I don't remember anybody acting out of line when that happened. Yeah. You know, it was just that jaw dropping to see that and. And and then they would pan over to uh, Ronald Reagan's face and, and like his just blank expression just said it all. You know, it was just amazing uh, to uh, be witness to that. And uh, yeah, what did they ever um, discover that went wrong there? I think I think it was a seal uh, on the. I think it was on the. The solid rocket booster or something yeah like something where too much heat yeah got too close yeah <laughs> yeah that's terrible Most definitely. and what was that mission supposed to do do you remember what, what was um i mean i know as, as an educator you were supposed to go around the world 
and and discuss about it. But what was the actual mission? What were they actually going there to do? Yeah, gosh, I you don't remember? Okay, no, I, yeah, I can't recall what the actual mission itself was. Uh, my wife just told me, uh, remind me, it was an O ring, is what it was. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. gave way. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so is that something that you kind of wish that you like, obviously you wish you, you didn't wish to be up in that space shuttle at the time, but I, you know, but to have the opportunity sometime in the future to ever get there, you know, if they were to make it available ever again. Yeah. Well, now I think I'm a little long in the tooth. To do <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's something I need to do. I don't have it on my bucket list. It, it was, it was really something that did fascinate me younger yeah uh, but uh, with the wisdom of age <laughs> i think I'll it's just, probably I'll it's it. probably a lot of training too i would imagine yeah like, yeah and, yeah, and not, not just not just the you know learning about you know the non-gravity and all that kind of stuff but just i'm sure there's a lot of physical training too absolutely yeah yeah and i, I was always i was always uh just a little bit worried about like motion sickness kind of stuff in space mm-hmm. Thing, you know, I mean, you, you do think about those kind of things now as you get older, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I could, the- I could never handle the tilt a whirl, so I knew I couldn't handle going up in space. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Max, uh, teachings in the books. You're done with the musical programs. Yeah. So, what do you like to do on the side for fun now? Okay. Well, well, now I've been. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I saw a, uh, a display of some lamps that a friend of mine made. They were uh, sort of steampunk style. Uh, and this friend, uh, his name is Scott Reichenbach. He has a, uh, a transmission shop in Lebanon. Uh, and so I go in there periodically and see if he has some old parts laying around that, uh, that he's going to throw away and get some of those. And I've been making lamps now for a couple of years. And I probably made over 100 of the things and... I've got a ton of them here in the house, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I give them away actually uh, to students, to former students. You know, I, I send them an email and say, "Look at my uh, my site. I have a site on Etsy. Uh, it's called Max Hunsaker Design, uh, and uh, I've, I have former students. And I say, go look at the page and see if you, there's something you like, and I'll send it to you." And so, so I do that, and the shipping costs on these things are heavy, of course. And the I shipping bet. costs on some of these has turned out to be quite, quite pricey. But yeah, it, it's it's just something I enjoy doing. I've sold a number of them, and um, yeah, I I have some here, and I, I mm-hmm. give them to my my relatives and to the kids, and uh, it, it's just a matter of going. To, uh, every day I, I wake up, I, I feel like I need to create something. Uh, that, that's just the way I'm built. I feel like I need mm-hmm. to be making something uh, to to do something positive that I can leave behind me. Uh, and so I, I I just get up in the morning. I'll go down to the shop and I'll just start slapping stuff together and see what comes out. Uh, yeah, well, you were pretty creative with your woodworking too, because I remember you had a yeah. bunch of stuff in your classroom. Yeah, yeah, I did. I I, I specialized in, in woodworking for a number of years, and then actually, what I've done now with this this steampunk stuff is sort of pipes and uh, fixtures and gauges and things like that. But I've added woodworking to that. I, I usually make a nice wooden base for it, or mm-hmm. some, somehow I get wood involved in the thing, uh, and that's I think what sort of sets my stuff apart a little bit from some of the other people that do do this kind of work. Um, and it's um, you know it, it's it's fun for me. I 
I'm going down tomorrow. I'm going down to uh, uh, Mayas, uh, Easton uh, to Melissa Cruz, who was a former student of mine in Northern Lebanon. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm taking her uh, some shelves that I made for her. Those were steampunk style shelves made out of pipes and things like that. Uh, and my friend, I, I was telling Howie earlier, Corey Wanamaker, who was another uh, Northern Lebanon boy, who uh, he and his wife were teachers at Mannheim Central. He was the art department chairman and she was a music teacher. Uh, and they got into the international school system where they uh, exchanged jobs with uh, a pair of teachers from England and they changed mm. houses and, and jobs for a year. And then after that, they went into the international system and they ended up teaching in Moscow for a couple oh of years. Oh my gosh. Uh, at, the, uh, at the American school in Moscow where the, the diplomats uh, and and wealthy people in Moscow would send their, their children to go to school. Uh, they taught there for a couple of years. Then they were in the Czech Republic. Um, I forget where else, but right now they're in in Shanghai in China. Uh, and they had uh, last year they they were on a winter break and they took a vacation. I think in I forget if it was Thailand or, or, or somewhere there in the in okay. the, in the East and uh found out that they couldn't go back to china because of the, the virus mm -hmm. and so they came back to the united states uh and thought they'd have a you know a month or so here well it ended up they came in, in october or no in Fe february i think it was okay. and they stayed a whole year till the following october uh, and they actually ended up buying a cottage here in mount gretna and they they had oh, nice and and i got to help Corey. he he was rebuilding it and redecorating and everything and i got to do a bunch of work with him on that uh, it's, it's, it's just really nice to be able to did the um did the art show get canceled last year last year it did yes yeah i figured it did that that's always a really cool time up there yeah it is yeah, it's, <laughs> how, how do you I, I should say how do you feel about that as a resident actually because that kind of seems like it might be annoying sometimes too though well years ago i i used to exhibit in the art show when i was doing uh woodworking you know a lot, a lot more woodworking and, and my wife and I really just hated it. <laughs> because sit there and all these people come in with their kids and they're pulling mm -hmm. her stuff, putting fingerprints all over everything. The wife's saying, oh, you could make that. You know, and you know, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's a long, long day. We did quite well at it, but it, it, it just gets very old. So we stopped doing that. And now when that weekend comes, we'll go down, we'll walk through the show and we'll see if there's anything that's really new. But usually they're, I mean, it's just sort of like, minor but I, I guess what i was like i guess that's probably a pretty decent money maker for the community for the but community. i guess but well i guess what i'm saying as a resident now all of a sudden you got all these outsiders in there and the streets are jammed and you can't get where you need to get and is, does do you find that annoying at all that bit of it we really don't we we live okay. on we live on the other side i know you're kind of out of it yeah i know yeah and so so i mean it's, it's annoying getting in and out of town but usually we just we just go away and you know visit somebody for the weekend and mm -hmm. uh we'll hit the show and it, it's not a big deal to us it, it's not it's a great it's a great thing fundraiser for the community absolutely yeah uh, we're supportive of that and, and i guess one more thing i was going to bring up here um wh where did the woodworking kind of come from your background there how did that all start for you how did you, is that something your father did or how did that uh, my my father was was more of a carpenter kind of woodworker where he, he would build stuff. Uh, and I remember him always building stuff and I was always out in the, in the garage with him, helping him build things. Uh, but then uh, after I got out of college, I was I, I was reading the Smithsonian Magazine 
and they had an ad for a, a schoolhouse drop clock, which, what they call it, which is a style clock. And I really liked it, but I could not afford it at the time. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I could, maybe I could make something like that. So I just went down in the shop and started tinkering around. And oh my God, you know, you, I've got, I got a very large shop full of of, of equipment now in lumber and, and everything. And uh, it, it was just something I started doing, and I got more and more serious at it. Uh, I was I was very fortunate for a number of years. Uh, I would enter uh, gallery ex- exhibitions and you know, jury shows and things like that. I was very good at winning prizes. Uh, uh, I was just you know, very good at making money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I spend so much time making any individual piece, you know, polishing everything and getting it really just right and everything. And it's really hard to to get your money out of it. But I enjoy it. I, I really yeah. do. And I go, you know, I just go down and make stuff, and it sits there. <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned steampunk several times. Is that something you're into personally, or are you just like the? No, no. Well, I just, I just, I just like that style of making things. Okay. I'm not one of the, the big steampunk fans that dresses up and, uh, <laughs> and people do, do elaborate really elaborate yeah because i was trying to picture you in a black top hat and uh no, 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 okay no, that's no. not happening <laughs> I didn't, I didn't make one. <laughs> okay excellent um yeah. wow no that was neat i i um yeah when troy mentioned that uh you know that he actually, actually troy played volleyball with you i guess at one oh, point yeah. in time yeah. so we used to play volleyball before school we used to play volleyball uh, six in the morning and some students yeah we play before school okay and uh, uh, as I was getting older I was having some trouble because my knees were giving me problems and, and it was just getting harder and harder for me to jump and everything mm-hmm. uh, and after I retired uh, I hadn't been on my feet on the concrete floor all day long and everything my knees were starting to feel good and uh, I told my wife I, I said I think I'm going to go play volleyball tomorrow morning with the, with the faculty I said my knees have been feeling really good she's be very careful with your knees and everything. And so I went up to play volleyball one morning and five minutes into the first match, tore my Achilles tendon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember calling her up and saying, Hey, I my knees are doing fine, but I'm in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good news and bad news. It's not my knees. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, that day I had to be down at Mannheim Central for to run an assembly or something uh, oh. for them, and and I had a torn Achilles. I remember getting my car. I drove down to Mannheim, clumped up the two flights of steps to the sound booth and everything. Ran the show that I had to do. Clumped back down, then went into the hospital and mm-hmm. <laughs> had them. They said, "Oh yeah, your Achilles is torn." They <laughs> put it in a cast immediately, and they said, "Now you have to get somebody to drive you home." I said, "Okay, just let me sit out here and I'll call." And so they left me sit out in the lobby and. I, course i hobbled out to my car and drove home so that that was the omen right there huh yeah yeah, yeah it's time to hang it up yeah, so, that was but not only that we talk about all these football players and stuff with their toughness look at the music director look at that that's toughness right, right yeah. there <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah mr mr logan was the one that really got me involved in volleyball oh yeah um, yeah i didn't yeah. really know anything about it and i guess he just started doing it holding an open gym for yeah. volleyball and um, uh, i showed up and next thing you know there's a couple other teachers that are playing and i'm like yeah, yeah it's pretty cool and i i fell in love with volleyball after it that was. yeah yeah and, and logan's still a great guy i don't know i don't know if he's still playing either actually i think we're we're both a little over the hill for it mm-hmm. 
I, I just saw him right in the summer. Um, he had just gotten a puppy, and uh, he was driving because uh, Mr. Hunter lives right near me. Okay. And uh, he was driving over to show Mr. Hunter the puppy or whatever, I guess. Oh. And uh, he was just in my neighborhood, and I saw him, and I was talking to them for a little while. So, so yeah, it was good to see him. And I, I miss seeing you guys. That was always fun. Yeah, it was. It's a nice way to keep in touch, too. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. So, um, so, so what do you do for excitement now? Do you jump out of planes or, or what? <laughs> <laughs> no. I ride a lot of bicycle. I do. Okay. I do been riding a bike just about every day and nice. when it's too cold outside or rainy or everything i have an indoor bike there or a spin bike that i ride but uh i try and get you know i do between 10 and 20 miles a day when when i'm going in the summertime that's, that's oh wow uh and and other than that i just tinker around in the shop i read a lot you know, okay i'm actually enjoying i'm really enjoying my existence uh my father is is still alive he's uh 92 years old and he's in a, a skilled care facility down near um, uh, Doylestown in, in that vicinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before COVID, I would go visit him twice a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I, I we can't visit this so much, but right. uh, suppose now they're just opening up. They're going to allow us to have what they call window visits where you're sitting in a little structure outside the building and looking through the window. Mm-hmm. At, at him. We, we can talk to each other and everything. But what about, are you able to like, uh, to zoom or FaceTime or anything like that with you? Yeah, I do. I call him every day, uh, on, uh, the program is called, that I use is called hangouts. It, it's, it's, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. FaceTime kind of thing. Uh, and I call him every day and some days he's, he's more alert and other days he's a little bit drowsy, but actually what I do is, <laughs> I, I talk to him and then I, I, I take my, uh, my keyboard downstairs in, in the room and I, I sing to him. I sing to him. Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Half an hour a day or so, I just sing songs to him and, and just try and try and keep it. I, I, you know what? We didn't really talk much about your childhood. So why don't, where, where did you grow up? And is that, was music always something you did love as a kid or how? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, my mother was a music teacher. Hmm. Uh, I, I grew up in uh, Bucks County in a town called Percocy. Okay. Uh, my mother was a music teacher, and uh, in the early days, my father had a, a huckster business, which was uh, like selling butter and eggs and poultry mm. out of a truck. Uh, we would drive into, into uh, Philadelphia, and he would have a, a route of customers that we would stop by their houses and uh, sell them eggs and chickens and meats and ice cream and all sorts of stuff. And he did that till. Uh, about when I was in high school, I think, is when he became a justice of the peace. And then the justice of the peace job turned into the minor judiciary of the, the district magistrate. And, and he became a district magistrate and mm-hmm. did that for a number of years uh, down there in, in Percocy and Sellersville area. Uh, and my mother was the music teacher, a keyboardist, piano player, you know, really good. And, and all our lives, we were, you know, from the time we were infants, I mean, people would come to the house and say, Max and Pixie, and my sister's Pixie and Tina, and sing for these people. So we just did <laughs> <laughs> And, and it, it, it just became a very natural thing for so us. So you never had stage fright, huh? No, no, I, I really didn't because of that. <laughs> yeah. We were just always, you know, from the time we were five years old, they were putting us up in front of people and having us sing and do stuff. So. Now, I, I heard a rumor, and you know how rumors are, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has one, right? Always true. <laughs> um, did you have anything to do with the alma mater at Northern Lebanon? No. 
No. Okay, you did. Okay. Har- Harlan Dowert wrote the alma mater. Okay. Uh, yeah, they, there was when uh, when I was there, Eddie Ludwig and I, and uh, who else? We used to we we would sing it sometimes at like pep rallies or something like that down in the stadium. But no, I didn't have anything to do with that. Okay. Do you have anything to your writing credits like that, or the Halloween blues? Oh yeah. I, I wrote a great Halloween song. <laughs> Where can we find it? Uh, actually, I have it. I, I think I have it on. Uh, I have a YouTube channel called The Real Uncle Max Sings, oh. and I, I think the Halloween blues might be on that. That's, that's for I've nephews and stuff who say Uncle uh-huh. Max sing, and they, they like old Beatles songs and Tom Petty songs and things. Yeah, so I, I just record them for them during the pandemic for them give them something to do oh that's awesome well, i'm glad you t- i'm glad i brought that question up i want to check that out that's pretty neat yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's not the greatest i mean i just yeah it doesn't matter it's just for fun right into the thing yeah exactly <laughs> um, and um i did have one other question that came to my head when we were talking about um you were growing up and it just slipped my mind so i don't know but well, what was your big musical influence who? Who? Yeah. His who mom, was your, I bet. Like, I mean, as far as like who you idolized, as far as because uh, I remember when you were uh, when you would do songs in class, you did a lot of Beach Boys. And, yeah. Uh, was yeah. that a big influence for you, or? No. Uh, well, you know, it, uh, I moved along with, with with popular music. You know, where where I was, and and I like a lot of the 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 60s and 70s 50s 60s 70s mm-hmm. I, I like a lot of that old rock and roll it's just kind of fun stuff to do right uh but i was i was a huge beatles fan when i was uh, growing up in, in in college nowadays uh or then i then i went through stevie winwood and paul simon and, and all that kind of stuff uh and i, I like peter gabriel and joe cocker and uh, i have a former student uh name of Ray Brinker from Anvil, who was a, a drummer that I taught for years and years and became mm-hmm. very, very successful. Uh, he played with, with Joe Cocker. And oh, wow. At Benatar and, and all kinds of uh, very famous people. Uh, I, I really like uh, Joe Cocker. I like Joe Walsh. I like, uh, you know. Do you, do you find yourself um, getting into any of today's music at all? Not really too much. You know, uh, I'll we'll watch Saturday night live and I'll see whoever they have on and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just sort of like scratch my head. I, it, it just, <laughs> to me, it, it's just not music the way music used to be. It, it does seem like that way. And, and the thing that drives me then one of the, one of the most crazy crazes that's going on right now, I don't even think they call it a craze, but one of the, everybody's using this auto tune now when they're singing. Oh yeah, and yeah. It, it it's hard to differentiate who the singers are and who isn't because no, no, I mean anybody that. can do that. Yeah, you hear that, and it, it's just okay. He's not a singer, <laughs> right? And there there really aren't that many that many singers that you hear anymore, uh, and it, it, it's a shame because mm-hmm. it used to be really something nice to to hear a good singing band, you know, Steely Dan, you know, just, just mm-hmm. hearing guys so, sing. So you didn't get a kick out of the Super Bowl halftime show with the underwear on the head? No, I really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do, do you know what? Do you know what? I, I, I heard a story, um, you know, and I'm, 
I don't know much about the guy, but I heard that he's been trying to tell this story through his music for quite some time now. And that if the people that have followed his career and his album drop, this was kind of like the finale of whatever story he was telling. Um, that being said, um, I thought the audio quality was just poor. In yeah. The, yeah. Didn't you think so? Yeah. yeah. It did not do do anything for me, really. Like, I would be pretty upset if I were him, knowing he spent however million dollars performed there yeah. and then didn't get a good quality out of it. I, and I don't know if that may be his people's fault or if it's the state. I don't know who's in charge of that. But yeah. Well, to, to me, the the the, the height of, of well, it's not even really rock and roll, but the height, the height of popular music was back when bands had horns, like Chicago, uh-huh. Buzz you know those those guys. I mean, there was there was a band there. There were singers there. You know, Peter Cetera was. You know, I mean, these guys could just make music. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's every. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so true. And that's that's real Uncle Max sings on YouTube right there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Off the, off the cut that one for you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, hey, it was really great yeah. talking to you, Max. And uh, yeah, it was neat catching up and reminiscing and uh, and learning a little more of the background be- behind the Challenger and about your career and what you're doing nowadays with uh, the lamp making. And by the way, folks, uh, please go in there and buy his stuff because he's giving it away too often. And uh, you know, we need I'll to. I tell you what they need to do. They need they need to get on their phone and call up one of their elementary school teachers, one of their high school teachers, and just tell them, "Hey, you know, you help me out because that's awesome." Uh, we just lost a, a friend, of a good friend of mine, Jim Bomberger, who was an elementary school teacher at Jonestown, just passed away. And, I heard that. Yep, and Mr. Sale. Yeah, Mr. Sale, and oh God, they they were just such great guys. The people I worked with. The kids that I taught, I mean, you know, they're just some really outstanding human beings out there. And right. I, I, I it's, it's, it, mm-hmm. it's really sad um, to, to look back. And, and even sometimes, you know, I even sometimes look at myself and feel like a, a jerk about the situation because you don't realize what these people are actually doing for. And a lot of times you don't even look at them as human, to be honest. You don't. Yeah. And, and then when you get out of school and you realize like, like, yeah, this is a job for them, but they wouldn't be doing this just as a job. There's also a passion there. There has to, You don't just do that because you get paid for it, you yeah. know? And um, you look back at that and you're like, you know, th- those people were just trying to do the best they could to help you grow up and be a good person and, and make the most out of your life. And you don't, like I said, when you're young and you don't really realize that when you're in school, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I look back and I wish, a lot of times I wish I would have treated some of my teachers nicer and I wish I would have taken more out of it than I did, you know? Well, I I, uh, I got a Valentine yesterday from my first grade teacher, and and I was I was in her first class of first graders, and uh, it's you know that was uh, sixty five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Not giving away ages here or anything, right? No, no, no that's a long time ago. It, it, yeah, I, wow. Your audience can do that. They should call somebody up and tell them that. They did a good job. Yeah, I agree. I like that idea. Definitely. So, but yeah, thank you again. Hey, you guys have a great evening, okay? You too. Thank you so much. All right. And, uh, well, that was our interview with uh, Max Hunsicker. And uh, 
I'll, I'll be honest with you, Troy. I was a I was a little intimidated um, initially before interviewing him because I just remember him in elementary school as being this intimidating figure and very mm-hmm. strict and uh, and and I was just like, I wonder how he's going to be uh, when he's going to be chatting with us. And, and like I told you, like he, he's so laid back and he's he's such a different person than you remembered in school. Yeah. Um, I just I remember you know, feeling the same way about him. And, and to be honest with you, when, when I first saw his name on my class list and all that kind of stuff, like I remember older people that went to the school that I had talked to, they're like, Oh, he's strict. He's mean. He's like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I kind of got that impression from him in class as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting to know him, you know, later in high school when I didn't have him as a teacher anymore, I saw a totally different side of him. Yeah. And, um, He's a super nice guy. He really is. He is. He is. And uh, and from what I'm hearing, too, is, well, I mean, it's factual because look how much he stayed in touch with a lot of his former um, mm-hmm. students that he had. You know, in fact, uh, one of the students, like he said, you know, asked him to, to join that um, uh, Mannheim Central School District, you know, and, and do some uh, instructing over there with uh, the musicals and such and. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, so obviously a lot of people appreciated him, and uh, and he did touch a lot of people's lives. And I mean, I still remember to this day, you know, of sitting in that elementary classroom while he performed and and taught and such. And then mm-hmm. obviously, you know, our class was a a pretty significant importance when it came to the um, Challenger space launch, you know, because it was our class that. Uh, that the media came in and, and recorded during that, that launch. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it, a lot of memories, uh, that involved, uh, Mr. Hunsicker, as we always called him. Yep. So yep. Mr. Hunsicker. Yeah. He was, um, and like I said, I got to know him. I got to play a lot of volleyball with him. Yeah. Um, that was fun. That was different. You know, um, there's a couple of different teachers that I played with and, um, it's, it's totally different being on a different level with mm-hmm. them. And, and like I said in our interview with him, like a lot of times, and I don't know if there's a way to change this or not, but a lot of times when kids look at um, teachers, they almost don't look at them as human. Like they have lives. Like it, mm-hmm. And I think if there was that connection where they can see the human side of a teacher a little bit more, there might be more of, more of a compassion thing built too. I don't yeah. know. I agree. Um, yeah, because that's a fine line as far as being a teacher, as far as how much of a, a connection you want to have with your students during the school time, I guess you can say, you know, mm-hmm. especially in this day and age where everybody is looking to be, you know, looking to magnify everything that someone says, you know, and then take it as a sensitive comment or whatever. So, right. so it's a little tougher, I think, today uh, to... Um, to be a really good teacher, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and, and we even asked him how, how he thinks he would have fared <laughs> in today's uh, teaching world. And, uh, yeah, I don't think he wants any part of it today. Yeah, and, and I think he said exactly probably what a lot of us feel is a, a lot of it isn't just the fact that um, that he wouldn't be able to, you know, rule the classroom the way he wouldn't want to rule it. Uh-huh. It's the fact that he wouldn't have the support of the parents that would be the most troubling. Yeah, you know, so true, so true. And I found a lot of that to be true, especially coaching baseball. You know, and I still mm-hmm. coach baseball, and uh, but coaching high school was my gosh. I never, I never realized how much parents 
get involved when their kid's not playing, but when mm-hmm. their kid's not when their kid is playing, the parents aren't even around. You know, it's kind of weird. <laughs> you know, so it's like they just want to be around the complain sometimes. I feel and uh, yeah, and it's a shame because uh, you know these are the folks that are also um, touching your kids' lives. You know, and uh, and I know uh, Max had mentioned uh, his involvement uh, with Ed Ludwig. You know, mm-hmm. back in the day, and uh, Ed Ludwig was probably my my biggest mentor growing up uh, mm-hmm. during my childhood because he was my baseball coach. You know, he's the one that impacted a, a, a lot of the ways that I played and uh, and then the effort that I put forward. And uh, yeah, so and like he said when he closed it out, you know, why don't you go? You know, everybody listening out there, find a teacher that was in your life and uh, and just reach out to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, it's uh, a good point. Yeah, so just you know, maybe hey, here you go. If you're if you're one of the uh, single folks today on this Valentine's Day, you know, look up a teacher that you had in high school, middle school, someone that touched your life, and and uh, shoot them a message and be like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm thinking of you and thank you for um, you know being a part of my life. You know, something along those lines. What a what a cool idea that would be for. A teacher yeah. to see just out of the blue, you know? Yeah, I'd definitely make their day for sure. Yeah, yep, most definitely. So, um, but yeah, um, that was uh, Max Hunsicker. Um, great person, great teacher, and, uh, you know, he has definitely left his mark uh, in society, especially here in central Pennsylvania. So, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, so thanks again, Max, for. Uh, sitting down with us and chatting with us. It was, uh, it was definitely a lot of fun to, to catch up. So, so, with yeah. that, so thank you. Yeah, definitely. So with that being said, uh, we'll close it out, Troy. And, uh, until next time, stay tuned. Thank you for listening to another episode. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at stay tuned TNH, email us stay tuned TNH at gmail.com. And uh, whichever podcast avenue you're listening to us on, Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And until next week, stay tuned.